Well, that's, a, that's when I used to do the train spotting with, that, with the other local Welsh kids. That surprises me none. Hello and welcome to Cage Fighting, everyone. Obviously, I'm not Andrew. He is in America trying not to be killed or shot. Um, he'll be back by the time this goes out, but here we are again for... We think this is either Games Cast 2 or 3. We can't remember. <laughs> is it professional we are? Um, so with me today, obviously, he's Matt. Hello, everybody. Hope everybody's doing well. And uh, yeah, I, I think this is number two, such is the professionalism of this podcast. However... Welcome, salutations and greetings to all. Ooh, salutations, a new one. And making his debut on it. I've tried to think as well how many guests we've actually had on here. But again, mm, not that I'll, many. I couldn't be absolutely sure. It's like that German nightclub that you can't get into unless you're like wearing really ironic fashion. We, we've got a really small guest list on this podcast. <laughs> it's an. It's an <laughs> Where where would this German nightclub be though? Because I, I have been in the the beer keller in Blackpool, and uh, um... no, it's like a legitimate like Berlin or Munich. They'll they'll only let like five people in a night. Well, not, obviously not just five people a night, but you can't be wearing anything that's f- fashionable. You're not allowed to take any photos in there. It's like it's one of these like clandestine places that you you, you retry to go to. It's like a pilgrimage for nightclub folk. I'm quite intrigued now. I've never heard of this phenomenon before. It's, it, it's screaming like Blade, the club from Blade. But yeah, so could be our ninth guest, could be our seventh. We don't really know. But yes, welcome, Jafo. Introduce yourself, sir. Good evening. It could be nine Berliner. So <laughs> yeah, no, no, welcome uh, to myself. Um, yeah, yeah. If people who don't know me, I'm Jafo. I, I I know these guys through uh, Wolves Fancast, um, but I've been asked to come and talk about video games, which is my second love behind football. So, yeah, I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll have a great time talking about gacha games later because that's my thing. <laughs> oh dear, <laughs> I know. I, th- I think when we we we've just started talking about Berlin nightclubs, and this this could go a very different way now. <laughs> But first of all, we have to talk about the vampire in the room that me and Matt went to see. Completely, well, I knew that you were going anyway, but I didn't say tell you that I was going. We both went to see Renfield yesterday, and what an amazing experience that was. Well, started off, I nearly shit myself <laughs> on the way in because some bald, looming, six-foot man approached me from the rear and my wife goes my wife was like literally reaching to pick up one of those seat boosters to whack around the head with it not recognizing who you were and then i literally nearly dropped my kegs nearly came out of the bottom of my because yeah it scared the life out of me thanks for that Stu. I, yeah but i i did try i for context i just clicked in his face from behind and came up and give a little but i did it left-handed so it didn't make a sound and it didn't work so I'm imagining you just saw some some hand come across your face. And I was just, just like, what the fuck's going on? But I was like more worried about my lack of um my lack of 
perception and um, periphery vision because I just like I didn't see you coming from anywhere. It actually could have blindsided me. Um, what you don't know is that I would literally we had popcorn in our hands ready to launch at your head. <laughs> but I didn't want to hit. I didn't want to hit your good lady, so I didn't trust my. I didn't trust myself to do it. Well, the, we're not in America. You get those butter streaks down your forehead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine? Yeah, that's that's what the real reason Andy's gone over there to New York this week. But there is, I mean, you can put it. You can put the video out if you want, and it it's almost like when Rocky's running up um, the Philadelphia steps. I've never seen such pace from a man running up cinema steps as Stu running up these steps. I thought. It was almost a gazelle-like performance, Stu, which makes me think, you know, we need to cancel that holiday so we can get you in the fan cash charity game. Well, I'm probably ironically fitter now than I was at the time when I knackered myself in last, well, three or four years ago, whenever it was the last time. Mm. Uh, when I, when I, kind of, I tried to peak too soon and do my hamstring in, <laughs> playing six aside. Um, but yeah, I, I was actually quite impressed when you put that video in the, in the group chat and how straight-backed I was. Hmm. And I spend most of the day either when on my hands and knees. <laughs> um, I were. But then when I'm literally doing nothing else, I I do feel like I'm slouching around and not sitting like some kind of 1950s office worker. But yeah, well, I was quite pleased with that video actually. Well, this would probably be the first question for games cast: is do we all have the gaming hunchback? Because it's just a thing, isn't it? Everybody with phones, like a crane neck like this and a hunchback. And, you know, it, it it's a scientific fact that you play 10% better when you lean forward at the end of your settee. So, you know, the, it, it must be an epidemic in um, in like young adults and kids these days of like a gaming, a gaming hunch. Well, maybe we, we kind of evolve over time that we get like a spike going at the back of, the back of our necks. <laughs> Like it's like a, a natural coat hook. Maybe that's where they can put the VR headset in the future, just to hang it there. But no, I I don't sit on the sofa. I can't do it. I can't sit on sofas and play games. I have to sit in this. Well, if you go on the Fancast YouTube channel, you can see this lovely office chair of mine. I can't sit on sofas because, for that reason because I have to lean forward. What about you, Jafo? What do you sit in that chair to game that you're in now? Yeah, proper yeah. gaming chair. Yeah, I'm I'm not sponsored, but yeah, my secret lab uh, chair is my saving grace. I've I've got to the point now, like you know, I I hit my late twenties, and I was like, mm, I I probably need an ergonomic chair, something with a bit of lumbar support. You know, these long gaming sessions are just taking its toll on me now. So yeah, no, I've evolved, or yeah. To, to, we're staying on an evolution standpoint again, but evolved <laughs> away from the sofa and, and into the gaming chair, which is well, uh, I, I sit on the floor, so I, I'm doing you must be doing horrendous things to my back, <laughs> primordially not reverting. I literally sit because I sit on the floor and then I've got the my the settee is just my backrest because I like just want to be that that bit closer to the telly. Um, is that like a kind of like a throwback to sitting on beanbags as a kid that when you, the controllers were plugged in? I think it might be some kind yeah, I think there's some kind of unconscious regression going on here. Um it's just my it's just my it's just my comfortable problem. It's where I watch TV and also if I'm in the house on my own and I'm watching TV, I'll sit on the floor because then I'll put my <laughs> I'll put my arm it's not like I've sat cross legged in the middle of an empty living room. I'll sit with the with my back. <laughs> 
to the settee, and then my right arm will be perched on the poof that's on the side, and then so I'll kind of be like either playing like that or sitting like that, scrolling and such. It it sounds very um, like assembly at nine in the morning kind of job. Those Catholic schools will do that to you. I think every every school had kids sitting on the floor, surely. I mean, mine was not. Mine was just a normal school. It wasn't church affiliated, and we still had to sit on the floor. Yeah, you get you wake your way up and end up sitting on the bench when you're in like year eleven, thinking you're the greatest <laughs> sliced bread. <laughs> Wonder if they do that in other. They, I'm sure they're not. They surely wouldn't do that in other countries, really. Just here in our weird little ways. Well, when you think about it, like think about how cultish it sounds that you've got kids from five all the way up to, I don't know what age kids come out of primary school, like belting hymns out like a mad cult. Like when you <laughs> just think about how weird that is, then and they're all sat on the floor. It's just, <laughs> I don't know, something strange about it. We just, we just, we accept it willingly. Singing Kumbaya cross-legged. Yeah, exactly. And belting out hymn bangers. There is a... It makes me feel weird now I'm sitting cross-legged. <laughs> <laughs> There is the kind of nostalgia though, around Christmas time when you, when the the the, um, the old Christmas playlist on and a little donkey comes on because I used to love the Christmas assembly when we were sitting there singing little, little donkey and stuff like that it was amazing but obviously you you can't do that in adult life you get looked at strange. Christ, but, well, I try and go cross legged now. I need a I need a contortionist to get me out. Hmm. I don't think when the last time I went cross legged. It's hmm. No, is it? That's for another time. Anyway, Renfield, superb. Yeah, it was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. It was silly. It was nonsense. Um, Nicholas Holt, absolutely. It is Nicholas Holt, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He absolutely carries the film. Um, you know, Nick Cage doesn't appear that much in it, really. Um, but I loved it. I thought it was. Um, it was. It was really good. Um, funny, silly, gory. Um, it was more sweary than I thought it was going to be, which was mm. a good thing as well. Uh, I liked it. I think people should. Um, it's just a weird time of year for it to be out, isn't it? Like around just after Easter. Like you'd think that this would have been a round Halloween type film, but no, just smack bang in the middle of April. Why not? Well, you do wonder though if this is going to be perfect timing for video on demand and streaming and stuff around that time of year, around mm. Halloween. Because if you look at it, releasing a film as odd as this, <laughs> at any time really, especially in America with the, the weird COVID stuff still in some cinemas, other than the big films like obviously Mario. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a coincidence that we'll, I'm guessing that we'll more than likely talk about it and do a proper picture pod on it when everyone can see it at home um, like we normally do, since Andy's not here to tell us what we have to do as our Lord and Saviour. But your history with Nicolas Cage and Jafel, since we are, <laughs> that is the, the main essence of this podcast most of the time. Top Cage films for you? As you know, I'm not really a film um, fanatic, so I, I, I don't really know a lot about Nicolas Cage. Uh, I'm is he Ghost Rider. That's the first thing that comes to my head. Let's go with that. That more than counts. There we go. That, that's it. We'll go with Ghost Rider. 
my pro tip to you, um, Jafo, is don't set yourself a challenge where you have to watch every single Nick Cage <laughs> film. Um, because three years later, you're no closer to finishing it than when you started. <laughs> so. how, how many are there now? He's, he's doing a, at least five a year. The, I'm sure. I'm sure that it's in some points because we end up doing different kind of shows and different this. He's released more films than we've done picture pods, <laughs> <laughs> so we're falling further behind. So, according to the filmography, um, <coughs> pardon me, actor. According to this, is 107 results. <laughs> And bear in mind, we did for a few months at the start do two films in one as well. Mm. <laughs> and we're still nowhere near close enough. But we're not talking about Nicholas Cage this week. For Well, you could say for good reasons because you would have, have no context at all for being here. We are talking about games and this time multiplayer games. And I don't really know why this came to me. I think it might have been because of um, watching the Mario movie and the, the the section with Mario Kart in there, and obviously that's I'm guessing that that's going to mention quite. Well, it's me- mentioning for me already, um, but it'll chart quite highly, I think, in this discussion as we go along. But I know we mentioned who you are, Jafar. But what we talked about our gaming history in the past and over the last couple of years on here. Um, so where did you start and your kind of your bread and butter of what's your favourite genre, that kind of thing. Okay, so it's a it's kind of a cloudy start because my memory is not the best. As if anyone who knows me <laughs> knows, that I have a horrendous memory. But some of my some of my earliest memories of, of gaming are through the Game Boy, uh, Pokemon Red, um, things like the N sixty four as well. Um, I I have weird little when it comes to my memory, I have like weird little things that always stand out. And the one game that always stands out from when I was very young was a game based around Michael Jackson, weirdly enough. Oh, yes. Moonwalker. Moonwalker. Yeah. Yeah. Absolute classic. Uh, You mentioned it to anyone. People don't really understand um, why it exists, but it is very, (laughs) very, very good. Um, And uh, like earliest memories, things like Crash Bandicoot, Mario Kart, like you mentioned just. um, But I I grew up and did a lot of, through FPSs, has always been my main genre, but in recent years I've gone more on to sort of the what what people now call gacha games, which is probably not good for most people's mental health, including mine. <laughs> but it is what it is. So for the uninformed, what does that even mean? So um so gacha games, um the most famous one out there at the moment in it's probably been rammed down most people's uh TV screens and TikTok and YouTube is Genshin Impact. Uh so Gacha is a a, a Japanese concept where you uh essentially uh, uh open a lucky bag and get a character or several characters. Uh, it's based off if you anyone who knows if you've been in a pub at any time in your life you will have seen these little 20p machines where you get like a little either bouncy ball inside or a little character these are all based off that same concept and they've grown and evolved into the video game world for better or for worse i mean there's there's companies out there ea who who did some horrendous things uh star wars battlefront um 
but it's been good part of other games that probably people are disappointed about it leaving like between Overwatch 1 and Overwatch 2 getting rid of the loot box system as as um one of the one that's actually been criticized so yeah. it's, it's it's one of those uh, parts of the games that you will know undoubtedly have seen yeah the, the ethics about it more than the fun and uh, I mean for me I've got as has been said many times I don't care it's all uh, personal responsibility and all that kind of stuff but it's when it starts getting marketed to kids who've got no say or if you've got that kind of addictive personality and you get obsessed with things like FIFA Ultimate Team and, and you're silly like that, um, <laughs> which I'm sure will be again mentioned later. But last time we did one of these, Matthew, mm-hmm. you were very obsessed with a certain Elden Ring. Oh, God, um, yes. And now that silliness is all over, what have you been playing recently since the last time we talked? Uh, right, so let's have a think. Uh, I started Skyrim again. So I 100%ed it the first time round when it was 15 years old. Well, no, it wasn't 15 years old, when it was new. Uh, and then I started playing the remastered DLC version on Game Pass. And I started playing that. And, and I just... Wonderful game, obviously. But it just looks like a bag of shit now. It doesn't matter what you do to it now. It just, it just looks like a bag of shit. Um, and after playing Elden Ring and 100%ing that, Skyrim isn't a challenge like whatsoever like it's like it's like punching your way out of a out of a bank vault and then punching yourself out of wet cardboard in comparison <laughs> like the challenge between Elden Ring and Skyrim um but it was fun it was fun nonetheless I did enjoy um what I played of it but I ne- I was I thought about 100%ing it but then I, I just couldn't be arsed after that so I started playing just Game Pass things I've been recommended. There was that high, hard, fi, hi-fi, hi-fi rush. Hi-fi rush. That was really fun. Um, that was good. I'm playing Far Cry 5 at the moment, which I can't believe I've never played a Far Cry up until now because they're just insane. Like They're really good fun. There's a little bit of RPG element to it, which is great. But you know, my friends just call it, they don't call it Far Cry 5. They just call it Blow Shit Up 5. <laughs> and that's literally that's literally what it is. But they're re- they're really fun games. Um, my FIFA game cycle was really short this year, maybe like three months tops before I gave that up. So just been plodding my way through Game Pass really and trying to play some interesting games on there. Hmm, interesting. I mean, same with the, the FIFA thing. When we talked about your your obsession in the past with it, I. Obviously, it's always been pairs for me, um, and I gave it a chance again. I got lured in again by the sparkly graphics and the adverts on Sky, and I lasted three weeks <laughs> this time before I gave it up again and, and sold it on. Um, so I rented it for a tenner, I suppose, with the, the, the lost money from that, but there's just something about it which is kind of worrying that next year. I mean, you don't know next year it, with the EAFC um, stuff, maybe that changes things and they've got license to play around a bit more but it just seems very samey it's worth me saying at this point i probably played and bearing on this is a podcast about online gaming i probably played 10 games maximum that wasn't ultimate team so i'm talking like the whole time i played fifa was ultimate team and when you've got a team full of icons three months in 
it's just not fun. Like the power curve is way, way, way off off uh, kilter when it comes to you had like these unbelievable squads like a month in, and they were just it just didn't feel like a challenge anymore. It wasn't exciting anymore, and people are still playing it now because I still have all the people I've subscribed to on YouTube and all Twitter and everything else, and it's just the same regurgitated nonsense week after week. So it just got it just got too too samey. Mm. Yeah, I see that. What about you? Other than your, um, other than the, the uh, never-ending trials of Genshin Impact, is there anything else, Jeffo, for you? I mean, yeah, I, I, Genshin I, I, is just like my bread and butter. Um, but I have Valorant as well. Valorant is my um, my go-to FPS nowadays. Ever since buying a PC back end of sort of COVID, um, I've just not looked back, and I've just. It's, I've played a hell of a lot of Valorant. Like you, Matt, I think the the life cycle of FIFA this year was really short. Mm. Um, I was done after, say, like three months like yourself. As soon as I got to Division 1 and Pro Clubs, that was it. It was just done. Um, I didn't even touch Ultimate Team this year. I thought it was a waste, waste of time. But no, I, I'm rank- I've come back to Valorant ranked recently, which is probably the worst thing that you can do to yourself <laughs> uh, as a person you must really have to hate yourself to to play valorant let alone play comp on there but we're on we're on our way back to to gold uh, and then black into plat for the people who, who play valorant and know what i'm talking about but we're on our way back that is some mad stuff. <laughs> the, the fact that you're even at that level and it's like oh, just casually just chucking it out there it's 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 mid to be fair, as the kids say nowadays. It's 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 the average. So I am just I'm just a, your average FPS player now. I, I thought you were going to say I'm just that damn good. Then. Yeah. No, 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 no. Dreadful, dreadful. I lost I lost my edge a long time ago. Back back. <laughs> you have to take it back to when I was decent when I was playing Halo three days. That was when I was a good, a good gamer. Not now. Not I'm too creaky, too old. The reactions have dropped off now. They're too old. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, you could say that you should be too old for putting a strap in a VR headset to your head and and playing racing games with a little wheel like I've been doing. <laughs> Which I know I've mentioned it before, but Gran Turismo Seven in VR is a different world altogether. As I when. I had the first one in, in 2016 and with Drive Club VR. And yeah, you're sitting there and you, the fit, the presence and everything, and you, it feels odd um, being there. But the fidelity weren't really there. And it was a couple of people on track. It wasn't the same. But I mean, the whole game of Gran Turismo in VR, <laughs> it just changes everything. And it's. I said to my brother, and he's played a lot more than me on that game. I'd kind of dabbled here and there. I wasn't really; it never dragged me in. And then I thought, well, I'll, I'll get it. I mean, I had some some money in the bank anyway from the old uh, Christmas and stuff, so I'll I'll get it and I'll give it a go. And it's I know it's there's not many of us racing people around <laughs> um, that kind of cross with over with football and stuff, but. When you're looking into corners before you, you're taking a hairpin bend and stuff like that, it, just things that you wouldn't normally be able to do just using a telly. And yeah, I know it's it's we 
And he's talked about when he, he loves the Need for Speed games as well because it's basically Fast and Furious, um, which is obviously excellent. But it's not the same as a sim. And <laughs> I didn't think I'd get that involved in sim racing, but it's almost like getting involved in GT7 rather than sim racing itself. It's that good. And the other one was um, Tales from Galaxy's Edge, which is a quest game that's been very, very highly upraised. And again, from someone who doesn't play first-person shooters hardly ever, playing it in VR, you'd think, oh, well, it's going to be all very disorientating. It's the opposite effect because you are in control of it. You do There's the out-of-body feeling and everything about it because, like I said about my brother-in-law, I, I took it around there because it is only one cable now, <laughs> rather than the nonsense of the first one. I took it round there and we set it up on Sunday and he had a few races in his rig and everything. And when he came out of it, he'd only been in there half hour and he said, his head was all messed up. He had no balance or anything. And, it, and I know, yeah, this is like VR sickness. It's a thing that you have to kind of train, you have to wean yourself onto it to be able to cope. Otherwise it messes you up, which obviously it's disorientating. But Tales from Galaxy's Edge is, as someone who loves Star Wars, not in the, as, We've talked about when the uh, the best of the clip show that went out last week, which I completely forgot about some of the things that we mentioned in that going back <laughs> over the years. Um, and we said about favorite trilogies, and I said Lord of the Rings, and I probably still stand by that over Star Wars. But having the chance to unload a blaster on things and just jump around in that world and see the Millennium Falcon through the window and stuff like that. And I'm only about two or three hours into it, but it's more pissing about than actually playing the game. It's just the experience. You just can't describe the experience. And for the price point, it's annoying because no one can check. No one can have a go on it because it's not available anywhere. <laughs> it's like, you have to know someone. So I oh, can I have a go at that. And then you mess with the eye tracking and all this kind of stuff. But once you get it in the sweet spot, it's brilliant. I can't yeah. speak highly enough. Do you not worry, Stu, that this is the beginning of the end times, and like you like people are going to realise their lives are better in VR than it is in real life, and then we'll be plugged in, and our bodies will be used as batteries for the Matrix and all that kind of crap. Well, that's the Black Mirror episode, eh? Is it San, is it, is San Pellegrino, but that's the that's the water. That's the pop. <laughs> you you know you. As a tinfoil hat wearer that you are, you are the the beginning of this revolution as well. It's kind of oh, a weird yeah. paradox that you're in. Yeah, I, I, I'm aware you. of it. <laughs> I'm yeah. aware of the of the oncoming death, mm. but it's still enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. I, cha- I challenge you to spend probably half a day in VR chat. That'll really mess with your mind. You pe- you find people in there that honestly do have better lives inside of <laughs> VR than they do outside. <laughs> The only reason you go in there is one of two reasons. You are needy in a very specific way, or you have a horrendous life. <laughs> so it's it's a very fine line between the two. But that that is where it's going. And that this uh, metaverse, as Mr. Zuckerberg likes to put it, is a very scary thing indeed, because it can blur the lines of reality and you know fantasy very, very quickly and easily. I mean, we're surely only being able to portray a memory through a VR headset away from the societal collapse, surely? 
Because the second someone can live in a memory that they want to live in, they'll just stay there forever, won't they? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's conquests at uni times, I mean, if you live in them memories, <laughs> without getting in trouble. Hell yeah. But there's... Um, and not the one when I jumped naked in the bush either. That was a bad idea. But there was um, there was that thing that came out today, but that that body cam footage game that looks real. Hmm. Um, is it unspooled or, or something like that? Um, it was on IGN today anyway. Just put body cam game um, using Unreal Engine five, and it looks real. Like the lighting is that good, and it's a like, fisheye lens. It's some kind of asset thing. I don't know exactly how it's been done, but it looks amazing. And if you're playing that in VR, then you can quite easily see how someone's going to... I was going to say it'll be banned in America, but we've already had enough digs about that, that country already today. But it is the way it's going. We all know that. We all know it's going to be one of them things. Like Jeff, I was saying, if it, if it already exists on the MetaQuest level, which that machine is fine, by, from what I've seen, and like he's getting one for his twelfth birthday, and there's some of the the chat rooms and stuff where they do kind of hibernate in there, and it's a bit like what PlayStation Home was years and years ago, but not in VR then. But yeah, I, it's one of them. I, I suppose it gives people a bit of relief, and as long as it stays there, then <laughs> that's the main thing. Yeah, as long as you don't get caught wanking with your VR headset on, things will be. Things will be all right. Then get me one on one with Angela White. So I'll uh, I'll accept that VR is a good thing. Well, I, you can't do it yet because there's no browser in PSVR two. You could in the first one. Tried it quite a few times. I bet you did. <laughs> but you, you've got to. It was one of them things though where we, I made sure that I'd locked the door and left the keys in the door. So just in case. <laughs> <laughs> that old trick. Yeah, just he's in no case. Fool. He's no fool, is he, this lad? No, you think it all through. Put your phone in your pocket so just in case someone rings you, it vibrates and you feel it. And then you put you move it around. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, it was, um, what was that? Was that Res? I played Re- Res again in VR, which is a different experience altogether. But there was that vibration controller that came with it when it came out on PS2. That it, it was literally a thing that you plugged into your PS2 and it was a, a vibration pack and you could literally put it wherever you wanted to. So obviously in uh, in Japan they got a bit out of control. Those dirty dogs. <laughs> <laughs> but since we, we've already talked a little bit about online gaming, but if you go rewind, if you go back to the start, what was the first... I know you mentioned it. We'll go to you first, Jeff. What was your first... Multiplayer memory in terms of like couch co op, I suppose they call it in America, but or local multiplayer here. Yeah, I was having, I was having a good thing about this before we come on. Um, and two, two games really spring to mind. Um, Crash Team Racing was one of my first real deep dives. I love that game, excellent. <laughs> and there was a WWE game which I can't quite. Remember what it was, but I reckon it was a SmackDown game, and I think it's the one where you could get on top of the cage and then powerbomb through it, uh, a la Mankind Undertaker. Um, Here comes been, the pain. Might have been. Yeah, um, just bring it. I think it was before that as well, around that time. That was a good one. But yeah, between those, I was I was in my WWE prime at that time of of really enjoying that product. 
So between between that and Crest Team Racing, I I used to spend a lot of hours playing video games. Probably too much for my parents to handle, but <laughs> it, it's it was an enjoyable time and, and got a lot of good memories from it as well. So it was worth it. Did you play the new uh, Crash Team Racing? I, uh, Nitro Recharge, I think it might have been called. Um, yeah, I did. Uh, very good. But obviously, with it being online, it's not yeah. the same as, as when, you know, you've got somebody next to you. If they're winning and they're beating you, <laughs> you start leaning on them and you start pushing them a little bit to try and get them to lose concentration. It, without that sort of personal aspect, I think it's... Uh, it's not the same game as the original. No, no, not at all. I've never, I've never even considered playing it with. Obviously, there's people in this in this house who who could play that game with me, but you don't appreciate it for for being better than Mario Kart because that's true, and always has been true. Um, the Crash Team Racing was massively underrated until it until it came back, and, and it's it's probably harder now than it used to be. Other than that, or like you said earlier, your father, we're just old and shit now. We, we, we've got no reflexes. I don't think you're far wrong there. I think I think we just re- want to relive our glory days, but it's uh, there's an impossibility now. I just the bo- the body's not no longer willing, but the mind is able. Or, or however it goes, the same. <laughs> Do you have any idea what we're talking about with Crash Team Racing, Matt? Because you look you look baffled. Um, I never played Crash Team Racing, but I had Mario Kart on the 64. Um, and then I also had where that series peaked on Double Dash. Um, and I think Double Dash is probably one of the earliest memories I've got of kind of, it's not land gaming, but it's, yeah, you know, localized home gaming. Um because when I had my 64 and I had World Cup 98, I never really played that with my little brother or anything like that. It wasn't until we had the GameCube, really, that we started having kind of friends play. Though I say that, like, I didn't have Pokemon Blue and my next-door neighbour had Pokemon Red with a link cable. Which, <laughs> like, when you think about how long ago that was, that technology just blows my mind that we had that then. Yeah, that you could link games together by this cable and trade things across games. It just blew, it blew my mind at the time, and it kind of still does now. Really, that that back then we had the technology to do that. What was going to be like twenty years ago or something, or even no way longer than that. Like, longer than that. Yeah, ninety eight. Like yeah, exactly. Like t- like twenty five years ago or so, or just a little bit less, twenty three years ago. Um. So, but yeah, I think the GameCube was the the real starting point for me with multiplayer games. Uh, you know, Double Dash and Mario Party, and there was a really random UEFA game that came. Striker. There, there was a Champions League game yeah. that, where there was like a Champions League story mode, and it was brilliant. Um, and me and my brother would play that loads, and then we played FIFA Street was on that as well. Um, so those are the kind of the, when we started and then when you get into the realms of the, um, the PS2 and you bought that little pack that went on the back of it to put <laughs> it online, that, that changed everything then. Did you ever have a, uh, you mentioned PS2, did you ever have a multi-tap? What's, remind me of that? Isn't that the thing I'm talking about? The No. Oh no, hold on. Am I talking about the Xbox thing that you plug in the back? No, the, no, I can't the PS2 had one as well, the network adapter, because I had mine. Because in the, if you had the original PS2, um, 
you could have you had that massive hole in the back of it where the hard drive mm. never really came out over here. Um, so that, and then the the network adapter gets screwed in on the top. Was a multi tap to make it four player? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. No, I don't think I did because ah, uh, did I have one? I don't think so. I don't believe I did. Yeah, I only saw one once ever, um, and that was a, I think that was Pity Dave. You you met him in the moon the once. Um, when we were playing FIFA Randy's house, and he was because he had everything because <laughs> he he was the one who had the place the first PlayStation before everyone else, and he was like, oh, pity get this, and he went oh, okay, so he got this multi tap, and it probably use a handful of times. It could be one of them weird things, but you all like you said <laughs> having link cables even back then. But when you think about it, remember when in the early well. Just before the iPhone came out, when you used to be able to Bluetooth things to each other, mm. and like touch phones, you could transfer files between each other just by tapping your phones together. Like that, even that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. So the, the, you, can go, you can go back in further than that when we used to send ringtones to each other via was it radio frequency? Yeah, the or infrared, infrared, like yeah, the little infrared thing on on the like the Nokia thirty three ten days. Yeah, no, no, you're really going back now. When you, when you used to have the, um, them little think them little drawings in the back of the magazines that you could send off for to have on the, on the top of your screen. Yeah, I remember a mate of mine on the way back from a night out when we were in Walkabout spending like a fiver to get an M&M ringtone. It was awful. <laughs> it, was, it was really bad. Uh, those were the days. And if you, get, if you got a ringtone now, everyone just looks at you like you're weird. You know what though, remember there was a period in gaming where all the rage was about getting your own music onto the game. I remember I think it was the 360 that pioneered this. It was like it was really hot on making it so you could like rip music and then have it like stored and then you could have it as like your wrestler's entry music or your goal music when you scored and stuff like that. But it was a really like quick in and out phenomenon. I don't even think you could do it on your Series X now if you wanted to. No, you don't think you can. I don't think it would if a CD would even work in a Series X because I know it do on PS5. It can't it read not? it. No, it can't read it. What a shambles! See, it's. <laughs> I'm gonna have to try. Actually, what CD have I got lying? I've got. Well, actually, I know exactly what CD I've got lying around here, which is <laughs> kind of on brand, really. But it's um, Chris Kamara's Christmas album. <laughs> of course, it is. <laughs> What else? Here's to Christmas by Chris Kamara from uh, from last year. Yeah, um, there was other things though before then. There was one on the on the original PlayStation where you could put. It was a game called Vib Ribbon, and you could put your music CD in, and it was basically just this black screen with a white line across the middle and a little little character, like stick character, and. It changed the level depending on what type of music you put in. Oh, that's clever. And that was that was back in the mid nineties when that kind of stuff happened. So it has been around a while, but custom playlists. I'm sure that was on the first Xbox because you couldn't really you couldn't do it on PS2. Well, could you? No, I don't think you could. I know it was on the 360 because I always, I always had uh, "Dead in Hollywood" by Murder Dolls as my goal music whenever I scored on a FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> so around that time. The, the closest we came to custom soundtracks was actually one of mine, 
um, when I used to used to went through a period of time where I'd play my brother on um, Pro Evo. So you're talking probably it was de- it was definitely PS2 days. So probably three to three to six. I suppose the four and maybe the ones afterwards. There's a three or four year spell where on a Friday night, if we don't go down the pub um, at the age of fourteen, we um, I'd stay in and we'd play Pro Evo for a good hour, hour and a half. And I had this thing I had a, on my laptop. I had a PowerPoint thing set up, like a, <laughs> with the scores over the weeks of how many games I'd beaten him by. Which inevitably it would be me beating him. Yeah, he's three years younger, but it's not my fault. He's three years younger, is he? So we play, but then when he started getting good and he started challenging me, I thought I've got to up my game a bit here. And so I started playing music at the same time as playing games, and and it started getting weirder and weirder. Like Abba Gold was on, and we were playing one week, and then it went to things like Steps Gold and things like that, and anything to distract him. But that's kind of <laughs> kind of bleeds into what we were talking about the, the music cast of the last time about obscure things that we love, and a lot of that came from then, and it was a way of t- a way of me beating him at all costs because we'd gone through the whole gold night era where he had an N sixty four, it was his machine, so he was better than me. And again, first person games, he always has been. So it's not my not my bag really. But we go, when you go back to the first Mario Kart on the SNES, and we had two controllers, and we used to it, we never used to play the races. We used to play battle mode again, just because of the thing of beating each other, and that three year difference. And when we when I got the Super Nintendo Mini Classic, whatever it's called, the, the little one, um, that was the first thing I played. And I thought, well. I'm gonna to have to play battle mode again, and it was it was pitch perfect, and it, it it was something I'd completely forgot about that I couldn't I hadn't thought about playing that game with him for probably the best part of 25 years. Yeah, it, it was one of them things where we always did it. It's a mad sidebar as this entire episode is. Isn't it fucking mental how much the Nintendo Switch games retain their value? <laughs> like, what on earth, man? I was like, I was like, oh, I might buy, um, I might buy the new Zelda or whatever it is, and I might buy this, I might buy that. There's a few games I've not tried. Fuck me, are they expensive still? Like all the Pokemon games and everything, it's insane. Like, I don't know why, like, they don't come down in price or something. I don't know if it's like a supply and demand thing. I don't know. They're just they're not making many copies, so people are. They're just up in value. It's, just, it's, it's absolutely mental. They never do it, though, do they? They've never, Nintendo have never dropped the price of anything ever, game-wise. Like, you look at... I'm guessing now, where is my Switch? Oh, my Switch is over there. That Mario Odyssey is probably the same price now as it was when it came out. It wouldn't surprise me at all, because they very rarely do it. I mean, they might do it for like things like Yoshi's... The the Yoshi game, what was that called? Well, not Wally World, the other one, the newer one. Um, I can't remember. But, <laughs> but things like that that are like B tier games, they might drop mm. that in a, in the odd sale. But even then, it's down to thirty quid. It's nothing less than that. But I suppose in a way, I mean, it's, it can't be supply and demand because it's digital, so it's infinite, really. But they know, don't they? They 
you got to kind of respect the hustle in a way that mm. they just don't care. That you you want our games, you pay for it properly. True, true, true. But have you got a Switch, Devo? I have, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I I don't really play on it too much. I just play Pokemon on it when I when I need some kind of relaxation from what I would call more uh, proper games. But yeah, more stressful games, should I probably say. Fucking Ash Dolan is having a shit fit right now. <laughs> he's, he's throwing his he, uh, mate of mine. He's throwing uh, his phone through like the window of his car right now. A proper game, a proper <laughs> fucking game. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ash. I, when I, when I say proper game, I mean something with a competitive scene. Um, I am very a very competitive person, so I, I need that drive majority of the time. Um, so when I as a bit of a side tangent, when I, when I was playing FIFA, at, like and trying to compete in pre, this is pre like ultimate team um, level. So I used to be involved in a lot of websites where they did leagues and stuff. So when I was doing that, my um, relaxation game at that time was Guitar Hero. Um, <laughs> oh dear God! Now we're talking. And, and I used to have to. I used to play Guitar Hero on expert <laughs> to relax myself. <laughs> I think I generally have a problem. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, I, I finished every song on Expert on pretty much all every Guitar Hero game. That's incredible. I don't know how, but I but I have. Did uh, you play? Did you play the new one that had that weird up and down mechanic as opposed to the the coloured buttons? Yeah, I, 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 the Guitar Hero Live. Yeah, um, it's crap, wasn't it? I hate yeah, it. It, it. It was that. Well, it was a, it was a, an attempt at a rebrand and a and a, and a you know, a, a relook at the game and, and the whole franchise, but it, it failed miserably, which is quite disappointing because getting up there, making yourself look like a tit a la Randy in South Park and that whole, that <laughs> perfect episode about guitar, guitar queero, I think it was called, was one hell of a time, you know, look standing there with a plastic guitar, head banging away while hitting multicolored notes running across the screen. That's exactly what you want to want to do on a on a Sunday afternoon, or you know, when you're completely bladded at, and you're having a house party on a Saturday night. That's that is where the fun is. And but Jaffo, did you ever put on a headset so you could sing and play guitar at the same time? Like I did with rock <laughs> with rock band, and I played multiplayer on my own. <laughs> I have no comment. It was, like a proper, it was a proper like Britney Spears setup with like the tiny little headset and little tiny microphone here singing. Like, oh, I, see. I then... when you said headset, I thought you meant like Stu's headset. Oh no, it was like a proper little tiny one, but it was like, oh, yeah. but um, you know, to try and like do two because because I'm I'm a proper achievement whore, so I was trying to like get multiplayer achievements on my own because no one would play guitar <laughs> or rock band with me. <laughs> oh, for shame. Did you put like um, a harmonica around your lips and go, go proper one man band? I should have done. To be fair, I did have the drum kit one as well. If I had on it, <laughs> strapped if, it to you. If, back. if I had that on easy, I could have like played like at the same. <laughs> so had some kind of foot pedal down there to, to play. Well, I'm gleaning proper... windows. <laughs> Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> exactly. So in, bit, so in a bit when I'm cleaning windows, that, I remember that from um, that was another one on PS2, iToy. Mm. The I told with the um with the the bit of as I say George Form that's not the George Form B that's the guy, um when you did the washing windows mini game, 
and there was a competitive edge to that, of course, because you got points for it. So I remember playing that with with Mark as well. But there is a. I think the the reason I can't play Guitar Hero because I've got no rhythm at all, and obviously that's kind of despite playing Parappa to the finish and Um Jamalami back in the day, I can't do it now. There's no way, not a chance on earth. But are you, you can you play an instrument, Jeffo? I know you've got the ghost poster in the background there, but. Um... I can play guitar badly. Um, I, I used to be able to play a little bit, but I, I've done some open mic nights, which are to be found on YouTube if people deep dive. But um, I can semi-play and I can semi-sing, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah well, semi compared to non is... It's passable. Let's just say that. It's passable. It, it sounds okay. I think I think he's been a bit modest again, eh? I reckon so. Yeah. I reckon so. Well, I uh my recent foray on Sky Sports was not my first time on television. And if you look really closely, <laughs> you can find a clip of me on West uh, Midlands today or Central News when I was eighteen in the band and I'm playing drums like <laughs> really cheesy, like holding the sticks really close in, which really annoys me that's on the video. And I'm playing like I go, <laughs> so that's that in the. Uh, if you can find it, good luck to you. Was it Bob Warman? On yeah. The, uh, oh, yeah. we're a legend. That man is nice guy as well. Um, not sure, not sure he was. You know, because once that piece came out, there was a very like distinct bit where he kind of went. The piece aired. He let it hang <laughs> like a bad fart, and then he went. <laughs> then he just went. Hmm. And then, like, then, the, then the rest, then the rest of it came on. Fucking son of a bitch. Maybe, maybe he's a secret drummer, and he didn't approve of the yeah, uh... true the technique. Yeah, mm, maybe. This has all gone a bit strange. Eh? Um, going from Bob Warman to the in the past to the the present. <laughs> I was just thinking, he did retire there recently. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure he did. Didn't he die? No, he's, Bob Warman's not dead. He can't be dead. I'm thinking of the other one. Nick, Nick, what's his name? Uh, Nick, Nick Owen's still alive as well. Nick Owen's still alive. I thought he died. Someone's died recently. Well, I mean, someone's obviously died recently, but Bob, <laughs> um, I'm sure, what's his name again? Bob Warman. He can't it's, be dead. For any, anyone outside of the Midlands has no idea what we're talking about again. Um... No, he's still alive. Someone's died because my mate Rob, who is obsessed with kind of nostalgic television, I'd sent him and I was like, I'm thinking of you at this sad time. I can't remember who it was. It was like some old television presenter. definitely gone. Yeah, he's there. He's born in, he's born in Warsaw, of all places. 76 years old. My condolences. Perfectly fine. Perfect. Perfectly fine, thank you. Yeah. Bob Warman forever. Go find that on YouTube as well. They're talking to YouTube and streaming, online gaming. Now for me, this is like we've mentioned our own my talents have waned over the years, and, and as an early adopter of the network adapter on PS2, mainly for porn on telly, obviously at that obviously. age. Um, but it was really slow as well. It was just the, the case of a, you can get it on your laptop, which is not very good either, or you can use. You use a dual shock and the sticks to kind of hover over the videos <laughs> and click on things really slowly. We're going to lock the door, keep the key in, 
pro tip. But it was it was always playing FIFA because Pro Evo Online was terrible. Always, always has been. <laughs> so playing FIFA seasons, I don't think I ever got above four or five. I think I think that's kind of the highest I ever got to. Um, so I mean, this is kind of a category where I'm kind of out because <laughs> straight away my, my own episode. No, this is very much your kind of thing. So take it away, Matthew. Yeah, I mean, online gaming was really the the pinnacle and the most fun I've had gaming. Ironically, though, I wouldn't necessarily say the the technology of playing with randomers was the good thing <laughs> about online gaming. It was the playing with your friends, but just at any time, off until three, four in the morning. Um, it started off with the network adapter for the for the PS two. Um, one of the SmackDown versus Raws was one of the first games I played online, and that just blew my mind. It was the first time I ever had a gamer friend who I'd never met in real life, but we'd play all the time. Um, and this was, I think, before any kind of chat capability other than text chat online. Um, then when the 360 came out, I'd meet like people through work or, or, or for, well, through uni, I guess at that point, and then through work and we'd play. And I guess my, the real heyday was around, um, would it have been maybe Modern War? Well, Call of Duty 4, wasn't it? And then it was Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare 2. Uh, and then Titan 4 came along and then that changed everything. Man alive was I obsessed with Titan 4. Like 10th prestiged it super quickly, just just loved everything about that and there was this real phase of fps online gaming which it still is now but it then turned into campaign online gaming gears of war was was a great example of that that we absolutely loved there was like army of two that was out which we'd played to death there was other games that just it became about campaign gaming then and about things like it evolved then into mass multiplayer online. So we'd play like the division and we'd play things like that. And then other games that were more not communities, but they were, they weren't just a straight up de- team deathmatch or a game of football or something like that. So that's kind of how the history of friendship gaming came along. And then there's ultimate team, which for <laughs> me was just like, it got, it, it, it did get to a, the step before a gaming addiction, I think, legitimately, um, probably pumped thousands of pounds into Ultimate Team over a space of maybe five, six, seven years comfortably, I think. Um, and I never really batted an eyelid about it. It was just, it was just the done thing. Like you'd just spend ten or twenty quid there on packs. On packs, it's fucking ridiculous. Uh, but then overnight, I just said I wasn't going to spend any more and. I never spent again. It was just crazy. Like I just went cold turkey with it, but there was a time I was just obsessed with ultimate team. Like I couldn't think about anything else. It was the only game. My Xbox was just a FIFA playing device and um, it was, it was insane. I mean, I booked the day off work on FIFA release day <laughs> this year, all of the year just gone by. Um, and it's bittersweet really. Cause I never really got to grips with this FIFA, but if you listen to this and you're at that stage with a with any kind of game with a microtransaction or anything like that, if you've got it as a disposable income, more power to you. Like if you, if you if you're spending a sensible amount and that's that that's fine. But 
you know, if you ever feel like you're spending too much or if a game is affecting your mental state as FIFA did, um, it, 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 there is no shame in treating it like any other addiction because it does have, it can have that impact on you. It, you know, it can affect you socially and mentally. I don't use this to get into a really gloomy subject or anything like that, but yeah, that's the history of my kind of online gaming career. 400 quid last year, last season. That you spent on it before you went cold. It would have been the year before. So this 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 is the second year where I've had a no. I've had what they call an RTG, a road to glory, where I've had like no no spend, and I've got like amazing squads. But I'd spent in it. Yeah, four hundred quid would have been conservative, <laughs> to be honest. It's it's mad. I mean, that kind of the packs thing. I mean, I. I I kind of got drawn into that a bit when Rocket League came out because obviously it was a PlayStation Plus exclusive for years before it came and on PC of course, but before it came on Xbox and obviously that's how they made the money. So like a little livery here and something like that and things that didn't really matter. I mean, I was never that bad, but I must have still put about fifty, sixty quid into it buying stuff that didn't even matter. And I was pretty good. I mean, to the to the extent where on Rocket League, I, I was I was playing it in, on remote play on my Vita in Newcastle services. <laughs> so wh- wherever that was, um, Scotch Corner maybe, um, using the Wi-Fi in the services, playing it because I'd at that time when it came out, I was obsessed with it. And obviously now, when you got children doing flying around and doing flips and stuff, it's nah, too far. Too, I'm too far gone. So I I tried to get back into it again when. Well, someone's playing on it because he plays with his friends all the time. That's another thing, though. When you say about the social aspect of it, he met a couple of people on when he played Rocket League on Switch and Fortnite, of course, um, on Switch, which was like, well, okay, fine. It's not the, the, the complete Wild West that it is on Xbox and PlayStation at the time for his age. And I think he was about seven or eight or something like that. And he's nearly 12. And he's still friends with them now. Mm. And they talk to each other every single day of the week, regardless. And they play online and they play different things now, but like Apex as well. Um, but they'll still go back to Fortnite and they'll still go back to Rocket League. And they're playing stuff like that. And obviously he's got a, a bit of money every week that he puts in there, but only buys the packs and stuff with, again, free-to-play games. But thankfully he's not <laughs> he's not at that level because he hasn't got the, the option to be. I think it's, but like you go back to Pokemon cards back in the day yeah, yeah, yeah. and the things. It's 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 ingrained into a, a gamer's life. I think like that satisfaction of opening something and not knowing what you're going to get. The difference with FIFA and Jafel will know this is that it did have an impact on your game in terms of like getting better players as opposed to cos- cosmetics. So it had that edge, I suppose, in terms of you want the absolute best so you can, you know competitively be better yeah i mean it must have been around about fifa 14 when they because the very if anyone knows the very early stages of ultimate team basically what they wanted to do at that point was that you could make any player level 99 so there was no like buying aspect so you could have a 99 peter crouch and he'd be a god player um but when they they bought the the pack system in and, and, and there was this sort of uh, RNG aspect 
of, of a game, that's when you start developing what we've got now through people such as uh, Matt HD Gamer and people like that who've, who, who've, who've gone through and evolved. They're making things like meta squads and, and, and all these keywords start coming out, you know, uh, these meta players, you rooted hullets of the game and, and you get phrases like hullet gang and pe- people are saying, oh, well, you, you if you want to compete, you need this player, you need this player and you need this player. And invariably, if you want to get that, you've got to save for several months or you've got to get very damn lucky if you're going to be a RTG or a F2P player. And it's, it's kind of sad, actually, that that's where that's video games have gone because this sort of competing with your friends and just being able to pick, um, you know, random players and put it together was a lot more fun. And I think especially with FIFA, some of the best times we had playing FIFA when we were used to get drunk and play FIFA and mess around was when we'd say, oh, well, you just press random five times and whatever you mm. get, that's what you stuck with. They were fun times because it was just silly. It was, it was just, you know, you know, you get somebody playing a Stevenage and someone play against Real Madrid, <laughs> but you know that that's that's what you're getting yourself into. Whereas with like ongoing gaming now, you get somebody who's got like a full icon team in in September. It's it's not fun when you're there trying to use a mixture of low gold players that can barely put a put ten passes together. So yeah, it's 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 not as fun, but. I think that's just the world that we live in now and we have to try and adapt to it. Hmm. And when you're saying not being fun, that was kind of one of the reasons where I stopped playing online seasons because you just came up against the same team every single game. It was just someone picking Real Madrid or Barcelona or Juventus or Inter Milan that one year. Um, And it was like every single game, it was playing against the same team, just a different player. And it was just repetitive all the time, and that was even like people like Wolves and and mixing it up and playing as lower league teams themselves just to see what it would match as star wise. But it, it never seemed to matter very well. You know what was like really frustrating about a FIFA game, talking away from um, off uh, off online. In the 2003 Wolves um, season, that was the pre- the Dave Jones Prem season, wasn't it? Um, mm-hmm. That was the year when they went from just Premier League to the whole EFL. And I was really annoyed because I was like, oh, fucking Wolves are going to be in FIFA next year. This is the most incredible thing that's ever happened in the history of football. And then every bastard team was on it. And it felt like it, it felt like we was cheated of that moment where we could finally play as Wolves. And then they were just on there anyway. We did get that moment, though, like when... <laughs> When they put it up as a, the club put it up as a tweet, didn't they? When we when we finally left our Ivy Lane. Oh we yeah, Mol- yeah. When we had, when we had Molyneux, yeah. You know what that that like um, I don't know how they do it, but like obviously they'll take cameras in and do three sixty mapping and stuff. But that that Molyneux on FIFA is unbelievable. Other than the the yeah, the sun is in the wrong place. I never even thought of that, but yeah, yeah. Well. It's either that or we, they're playing games at the wrong time of year. Yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> because the, the shadow comes from behind the Billy Roy, obviously, and it's the other side on there. Um, well, uh, shock- uh, shockingly, Molyneux is a silver stadium in this FIFA. Another reason that annoyed me, because it was incredibly hard to get Molyneux in my ultimate team. 
It's over in a silver stadium in real life. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a shambles that is. <laughs> you know what? The, there's Victorian brickwork in that place, in the um, in the bells of the Steve Bull stand. It's it's classic. That's that's why it's a seven hundred and twenty nine pound season ticket because <laughs> you're paying for you're paying for quality. Because when uh, I couldn't, I mean, it used to be part of the fire exit. The uh, well, the fire exit now in the in the upper. When I went on the pitch years ago uh, with the flags and everything, um, it was I think it was the year we went before we went up, and I was there with the Atherton represent on the pitch and to get to my seat from from the pitch I had to go up, up the fire exit and I they used to years ago open that up as a way to get fans out onto the street but you could see why because they, they took all the plasterboard down and it was Victorian bricks underneath so that they used some of the brickwork from the original stand and the houses that were there in beforehand and just reused them <laughs> <laughs> so you got these some of these bricks that are over hundred years old, yeah. <laughs> in, in a stand that was built in nineteen seventy nine. It's just shabby classic. chic. It's classic, absolute classic walls. Can't beat it, can you? <laughs> but the other part of online gaming is the watching of online gaming, which for years I didn't get at all. I didn't understand it. I thought, why? Why would you possibly want to watch someone play when you could do it yourself? But then again, like we've reiterated quite a lot. We're not very. I'm not very good at games anymore, and so watching someone play something that I know that I can't is kind of like a good thing. And it's not like a, I suppose it's like a gaming cook, I suppose, <laughs> in, in a way. Um, and I've never streamed. I, I do follow a few people on Twitch, like Kimber and stuff like that, um, who play horror games and things like that. But I know you you got a, a little dabble in that world, Jafo. Um, how did you find it from the other side of the screen? Um, yeah, it was it was it was certainly interesting. I mean, I'm I'm planning to go back at some point, but um, it's finding time as an adult, you know. Um, <laughs> but it, it was good. It was it, it it's very much like that Truman Show moment. You know, everyone can see everything about your life when you're live there, sitting on camera. You know, you know, and you, it's a very vulnerable thing. To put yourself out there, even to just be a person who streams uh, streams and has a microphone and, and people can hear you and showing that part of your life is is, is a very vulnerable thing. Um, it, it was difficult, you know. I, I was doing it through um, COVID times, which was, was for many people like myself was a very vulnerable time for myself. You know, I was going through a lot of struggles and. I always I felt I felt it draining to do to do streaming a lot of the time, but it was a, a coping mechanism, you know, to go out there and to socialize and to have people because you know you couldn't see people as, as regularly as it was, and it was it was a good thing because it allowed me to you know to to meet new people and to grow and to keep that sort of normality almost. Um, but yeah, Twitch Twitch is a is is a great place to to do things you know you you've got youtube now uh mixer sadly is no longer with us but we got kick as as a as a platform that's growing all the time so it's something that i'd you know if people want to do it go out there do it don't worry about like 
how many people are watching you, how many people are reacting, interacting with you. Because at the end of the day, you're doing it for yourself and go out there, enjoy it, play your video game. Cause that's all you'd be doing anyway. Mm. You'd be playing your FIFA, you know, you, or your Halo or, you know, Valorant, whatever video games that you play, you'd be doing that anyway. So just go out there, just be yourself and enjoy it because that's what it's all about. And that's why these guys who've grown to be the top of it, you know, through the times of PewDiePie, XQC, um, loads of different people who've, who've done amazing things through streaming. They're invariably the ones who've risen to the top are the ones who are the, who act like themselves. So just remember that just you don't need to be a character. Okay, you can embellish yourself a little bit, but you don't need to be a character to have fun and enjoy yourself and put yourself out there and create content. And so that's uh, the main thing is in, if you want to be a content creator and you want to be involved in that side of the thing, it's just to have fun with it and and to to focus on the things that you enjoy about the video games and you find funny or you you know and share it on because that's what social media is all about is taking these funny memes or these funny moments. And bringing happiness to other people. Very well said. Well said, mate. What about you, mate? What is your? I don't think we've, we've ever talked about this before. What is your your history with Twitch and stuff like that? Do you watch people playing? Um, no, I've never watched. I mean, I... friends I have, but just because we want to do a pack haul on FIFA maybe, but never like watching them play for hours on end and like being in a discord chat or anything like that. Um, my only experience with game watching game is maybe YouTube clips, not like live, but you know, watching pack openings on FIFA or watching people with gameplay footage of games as a review or something like that, mm-hmm. which I suppose is the early inception of that kind of stuff. But I mean, there's only so many hours in the day really. And, and I, I, I struggle to find time to watch films, much less time to watch people play games that I could be playing. But I think this is an age thing. I think this is perhaps because I think a lot of people, whilst watching the game itself is entertaining, I think a lot of people enjoy the social element of the chat, the Discord chat and everything like that. That's a huge part of that world. And I'm I was in message rooms when i was like 12 but that part of my life's over do you know what i mean like i don't do that or i'm not on omegle of whatever it's called and anything like that so um yeah that it doesn't really interest me but i can see why people really enjoy it because there's a social aspect to it um as well the excitement of being on the, the old msn days oh mate they were the best they were the fucking best when you used to have that plug-in that would display what you were listening to um and like you know it was it was very much a um a flex to be listening to like your music on there and my display name was always uppercase lowercase uppercase lowercase uppercase lowercase yeah. <laughs> like you know whatever the whatever the words were on it and it would just be it was just a mess but yeah it was the best one I loved it I love people well some people you you couldn't even see the name because they had so many characters at the start of it and you just had to kind of remember who they were yeah yeah exactly. Those were the days. <laughs> Those were the days, my friend. Excellent. I didn't, like I said before, I didn't really think we'd go this long <laughs> on this subject. But as is always the case with us, it goes where it goes. Um, 
I think they're talking about the personalities on Twitch. I mean, I did a time when um, obviously I subscribed to Last Time Media. I've said that before. I'm a patron of theirs. Um, and amazingly, they've got over nearly 13,000 now um, on Patreon. But he, Colin did do a thing there where he, he was literally Twitch streaming himself, cleaning G.I. Joe figures. And it was all about the chat then. He was obviously, he was, like Jeff said, he was doing something anyway. So he just started streaming it with, he just put a camera there. He knew people had tuned in. And I think there was like seven, 800 people watching a, a grown man in his 30s clean toys from the 80s. <laughs> but it was very much more a case of, it's the community that had been kind of forged over years of Podcast Beyond on IGN and stuff like that that are tuned in together to watch that kind of thing. And just stuff like that, the personalities that have come out of it, like you mentioned your fellow like PewDiePie, who's, he's what he is. He, he's, they're not my kind of thing, and but it, it goes back to what Matt was saying about the age, I think. Um, but again, it, it does prove that gaming is for everyone, and that's the main thing. Yeah, I mean, the platform... Um of Twitch probably hasn't changed as much as YouTube. Um, YouTube has, has, has uh, seen the most, like almost like ages of YouTube within such a short period of time. You know, we, we had the ori- the early days where we'd have funny clips and almost like Vine-esque uh, era of YouTube. And then went, went to the reaction era where we get a lot of these YouTubers who have, have fallen off now, um, who, who used to do a lot of like, the reactionary videos. Up to now, people making their own content. You know, you've got people um, who've come out of like, the last sort of five or ten years, a la the Sidemen, um, mm-hmm. you know, all these different groups who are now producing their own content. Um, and it, it being a platform for new and ideas to be almost uh, pilot tested so y- you have things that have come out of, of YouTube and ended up on television you know um, several uh, sort of Australian um, c- comedy uh, pieces have ended up going onto YouTube uh, from YouTube onto television which is incredible really and and it's now almost this litmus test for um media especially with people who've got short as we've gone into the modern age and people have got shorter attention spans to say okay well actually this would work on television or you know this would work as a movie i mean the the biggest um example i can think of it right now is that burt kreischer when he did the machine story back on youtube and it went big on youtube probably seven eight years ago is now having a, a whole motion picture, a whole film being made about one com, comic stand-up series uh, st- uh, story that went big on YouTube ten years ago. And there's a whole <laughs> whole film being made about it. So it's, it's crazy how the platform has evolved and it will continue to change. I never heard anything about it or any of that stuff. That's I'd say it blows my mind, but it really doesn't because. You can get really get content from anything at all, and it's a, the the glory of the internet, I suppose, more than anything else. But we know what we've said. With you, you've got things like the Gran Turismo film, 
which is coming out this year, which is based on a, a true story of a guy who played Gran Turismo a lot and then got a seat in a, in a real life racing league. You think things like that would never have happened, hmm. even even five years ago, let alone recently. It, and then that's turned into a film, and then the whole thing the snowballs. And I know we've teased it as well, but something like the Mario movie making as much money as it has done, <laughs> and being as absolutely perfect as it is, and I <laughs> I haven't watched it again yet because I don't really want. I've said this before. I, it's so good, though. I want to kind of let it breathe a little bit before I go and watch it. Mm. Watch it again, maybe be- like the week before the second inevitable second one comes out. But I love that film so much. Yeah, it was brilliant. To be fair, I'm looking forward to. I'll watch it when it comes on the uh, the streams that shall not be named. But uh, <laughs> I'll watch it again then because um, I'll you know well. I'm going on a stag do uh, tomorrow, so it would like it to be on there for when I'm really hungover on Sunday. So it would be an idea if it was there then, but I don't think it will. Yeah. No. I, funny you mentioned it. I watched it for the first time yesterday. And what hell of a film. It was perfect. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. And I watched it with some people who had already seen it. So um, it was it was one of those. Weirdly enough, through a, through a Discord community I'm part of. So, yeah, that shows I'm... I may be a little bit younger than 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 you two guys, but you're ingrained, I'm you're ingrained in the Discord. I am. I just but... start coming out with random phrases like um, uh, "f in the chat" and well, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> I'm just trying to make myself seem <laughs> seem, seem younger. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean to talk about the Super Mario film, absolutely fantastic. I thought they got it, the casting just perfect from what mm. I could see. And uh, say so I was watching it, and it's like several parts. I was like, ah, oh, I hope this is the Rainbow Road. Rainbow Road, let's go. <laughs> That's absolutely perfect. An absolute homage. And to take that and to take what is a, such an iconic IP and to turn it into that is doing absolute justice to everything that's been you know, achieved with that game through the years, you know, is it, they should be really proud of themselves for what they've done. Yeah. It's amazing. And a nice little um, hint to double dash as well. When he jumps on the back of the, uh, mm-hmm. the car on Rainbow road. Yeah. I, hopefully when I don't know from a studio point of view, if it ever work, but we've got a live action Sonic film. We've got an animated Mario film. Oh, t- they isn't, like Super Smash Bros. on the slate, it's going to have to be now. I mean, so, um, if this is if this has done so well, and I did, I thought it would do well, but I didn't think it would be at these levels. The money that it, I mean, it's it'll hit over two billion in the space of three weeks. <laughs> it's just insane. It its avatar levels are good, but it, they're going to have to, ain't they? We've you, they could make a. And, and it, like the Castlevania style Legends of Zelda film, mm. and it had worked perfectly if this is anything to go by. So, the world's a oyster, and then the, when the worlds collide, we have the Smash Brothers movie in about five, ten years' time. Which <laughs> we will begin to see that as near 50 year old men, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I can't wait for that day to happen. But talking about films, 
I don't know what we're talking about next week. Do you? <laughs> Have you got any idea? Uh, no, but uh, you know, Daddy will be back soon, <laughs> so he can tell oh, us what geez. the he can tell us what the plan is. So um, no, I don't think um, we've got anything lined up in the uh, in the uh, in the pipeline. So we'll find out what we do. We'll put it out on Twitter soon. Such is the unorganisedness of uh, me and Stu. Yeah. Well, considering Daddy has um, was getting dizzy looking at skyscrapers in New York and walking at the same time, uh, he's, <laughs> he's, his body is disorganised as his podcast. So it's as good a time as anyway to leave it where it is. So you want to say goodbye, Jafo? Have you enjoyed yourself? It, it's been an absolute <laughs> fever dream, and I, I love every moment of it. Yeah, that, it's always great. You know, I, I enjoyed speaking to you both. As as whatever sort of uh, fragment of my mind this may be, whether it be football, video gaming, some of the stuff you create with Stu is even more bizarre than on the fancast. So it's 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 wonderful. I, I, it's a pleasure as always. I don't think it's it's more bizarre. It's just it's just different. It's like Hollyoke after hours. <laughs> this podcast, like it's what he's allowed. It's what he's allowed to say without the shackles of the water of the watershed. Uh, well, I'll do. I'll do the boring bitch, Stu. Uh, add us on Cage Fighting Pod on the socials. What would be really appreciate is if you were to tell a friend about this podcast, help us grow a little bit, um, so we can just get out to more people and have a bit more interaction on uh, on the Twitter. And things of that nature. So tell a friend, um, look after yourselves, have a great week ahead, and uh, check in on your pals as well. Make sure everybody is tickly boo. Yeah. And it is not weird to have your own baby leg as a cast when you're 39 years old. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>